now a proud partner of the Clydesdale Media. This is the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. All right, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing brand that proceeds of the shirts, the hats, and everything else go to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. This whole t-shirt company started from me taking care of a five-year-old girl from the emergency department at the Children's Hospital I worked at in Atlanta for a while back. Um, I thought I needed to do a little bit more than kind of just talk about my story. So this is how I started the clothing line because I wanted to show people that even though diabetics have this really bad disease, we can still do amazing things in our life and diabetes won't stop, you know, stop us reaching our goals. So go check out type one lifting.com. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, you can always reach me out on Instagram. It's type one lifting and hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor for the type one lifting podcast. The company's called Liberté lifestyle. So Liberté is a French word meaning freedom. And the company was founded on the desire to have freedom to choose what we want to do with our lives. I actually had the owner, um, Nicole, on my podcast on episode 28. So if you want to go back and listen to her, um, she talks about how she started the company and what she wants to do in the future with the company, which is pretty cool. So uh, they actually have knee sleeves, wrist wraps, shirts, shorts. Uh, love the knee sleeves. I have the ice cream knee sleeves and I love them so much. They haven't the neoprene's still good. Uh, the seams haven't split compared to other uh, knee sleeves that I have had in the past, uh, and I'm planning to keep these for a very, very long time. So uh, Nicole actually gave me a promo code for you guys too. So it's all capital letters, T-Y-P-E, and the number one. So it's type one. So go to LibertéLifestyle.com, uh, check out what they have in the store, use the promo code type one, and save some coin. Now let's go to the episode. Okay. All right, guys, welcome to a, another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a, another diabetic on the podcast, which I was really looking forward to. Uh, so Katie Knight actually uh, sent me her information. I was like, okay, I got to get her on the show. Um, she is a doctor in chiropractic medicine. She's been to regionals on a team twice, and her name is Emily Boyich. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I mean, when, when Katie sent me your information, I was like, why haven't I known about her? Cause I try to follow like every single like diabetic that's been to regionals or the games or anything like that. And so, yeah. um, quick little quiz. So right. I, so how many diabetics have been in the CrossFit games? Uh, that I don't know. I would have to say less than 10. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I right, just, just yeah, it's under 10. <laughs> so I, I believe, okay. so I believe there's four. So I've interviewed, okay. I've interviewed three of them, I believe. So Kelly Wilde's been, uh, is the first one she's okay. been to the, she's been to the games three times. She was on a team. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Delaney Wade is on the teens division. And then, so that okay. she, she's a teenager diabetic. And then, um, oh my gosh, why did brain fart? Um, it's a Canadian weightlifter, t- uh, Canadian CrossFit teen athlete too. Um, okay. gosh. And I, I, there was an, I, I think there's another one, but I just don't remember the name sure. so. so yeah face, yeah <laughs> f- f- face faces on purpose faces i'm awesome at like just names it's just like same yeah like <laughs> i always have to introduce my wife i'm like hey this is my wife sarah and they're like oh i'm so and so and i'm like yes okay now i know so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that old trick i love it yeah it's awesome so um 
every every person I talk to that's a diabetic, um, always the first question is, um, when did you get diagnosed as a type one diabetic? Yeah, so I was actually 10 years old. Um, and it was like about to get like right into my story right away, but um it was following like a routine childhood immunity immunization schedule. And I had a really, really adverse reaction to the MMR vaccine. And then come to find out that uh, rubella virus and type 1 diabetes are like very closely linked in research. Like, um, it's just something that I, I was like looking for my whole life, you know, and then finally mm-hmm. came across it. And I was like, there were like thousands of stories like mine. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, but, and obviously I had a super, um, it ran rampant in my family and yeah. So that, that was when I got it, 10 years old. Jeez. So when, like, what were your parents? Is anybody else in your family a type 1 diabetic at all? Um, in my immediate family, no. Um, I had two uncles. One of my uncles who passed away, but he would be like like high 60s, almost 70 now. Mm. Um, so he got it like way back when, when he was a child also, which like back then it wasn't really that common. Like, yeah. You know, there now I feel I think it's like one in twenty or one in twenty one or something like that you can find it in. Um and like back then it was like one in six hundred. Like it was super a lot more rare. Yeah. Um and so funny, like we bonded over that. But his type of management was like, you know, he was limited by education and all the things. And so I saw his health sort of decline rapidly as he got older. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do not want to be like that. <laughs> I will do anything to not be like that, basically. Yeah. So to learn from his life basically mm-hmm. yep you gotta leave you gotta learn by example like to see people and then you like don't want to do that so totally yeah so um what did your family go, like think oh what was your first of all being 10 years old like it's like you're like too busy playing with toys and like watching cartoons and stuff like that so like what was going through your mind as when you got diagnosed with diabetes yeah i you know i was like I played every sport. Like I was super active. I was like a competitive gymnast. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I would think that actually I I was like experiencing symptoms way before, but it was just like, I was getting really skinny, but I was already skinny because I was a gymnast. So they were like, maybe we're just overworking her and you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I was like, like really, I felt like crap for like six weeks, I would say. And I was like, falling asleep midday at, at school, going to the bathroom, like every 10 minutes, my teacher was coming in to check on me. She's like, I thought you were lying. Cause you just kept saying you had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, I really have to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all of those things, you know, like now in retrospect, you know what, you know what those are, but at the time my family had no idea and I wasn't really mm-hmm. like a complainer. So after a while, and my mom kept trying to bring me in, bring me into the doctor and I've just always hated going to the doctor. So I was like, no. And I, you know, I was like super stubborn. And then finally they brought me in and they were just like, you gotta go to the emergency room. Like right now, my blood sugar was like 700. Holy smokes. Emaciated. Like you could see every rib on me. It was like, had gone on way too long basically. And I felt like I kind of hid it from my parents, but they were like, came to a front and saw what it was then. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, like, I was just glad to know something was wrong with me because I just felt like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as like, I started receiving insulin, I was like, oh, this is my old self coming back. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that like the way that I was living was how I was going to live the rest of my life. Just as, you know, like an innocent kid. Yeah. Uh, and so it actually, like, it actually kind of brought relief to me, I guess. But my parents, like my mom was devastated. She was like, 
you know, researching everything. And like, she's like, I just can't, you know, like she was just crying all the time. And like, both my parents will tell you, like, I didn't cry. They were like, she was the toughest kid, like never complained about it. Some of my friends to this day still don't even know that I have it. Like, oh, <laughs> geez. Okay. Always, yeah. Always want, not by hiding it or anything, just by like wanting to live, you know, a relatively normal lifestyle. So mm-hmm. getting the diagnosis was like, yeah, this is going to be tough, but then figuring out how, like, you know, how doable it is. I was like, not a big deal. We're good. So I yeah. made me grow up really, really fast. Like, I feel like I matured way faster than my peers, which I'm sure any parent would tell you with their kid that has it. But, um, and for that, I'm kind of grateful, but yeah, that's my story. Yeah. So, um, what were the, some of the major changes that you had, like with you and your family had to go through such a, at such a young age as uh, being a diabetic? Um, I would like sleep is the biggest one, obviously, you know, like all our guards are all down when you're asleep. And, um, that was like a huge learning curve for my family. Cause I actually, uh, when I was 10, I, my bedroom was upstairs by everyone's so then mm-hmm. when I was, like, you know, 12 or 13, I think my, I wanted my bedroom downstairs, which like, you know, to any other kid would be like, yeah, no problem. But if your kid's having a seizure, like you got to be able to hear it and yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, and I hadn't had a seizure yet. I was like two years into my diagnosis. And then at night, like randomly, and this is like why I believe in God, honestly, um, randomly I was at my room was downstairs and I was like, I don't feel right. Like, and my blood sugar wasn't low or anything, but I just had like a weird feeling in me. I was like, I'm going to go sleep in my sister's room. And my sister was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I just want to sleep in here. She's like, all right. Like just weird, totally random. Mm-hmm. And that night I had a in her room. And if I weren't in her room, like, I don't know what would have happened, but it would have been way worse than, you know, not being around my family. So she was able to give me my glucocon, save me that night. And like, ever since my family was just like terrified for me to sleep. Like they were like, you know, cause <laughs> until then I was really good at like, knowing my symptom signs and like, I never wanted to ask for help. So I just did all the things. But then once they realized like something's out of my control, they were like, we're going to sleep right next to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So a lot. I think I feel like any parent of like a young kid with diabetes would tell you the same. Like, I know they have those like monitors now where like a mom can look up and just see what their blood sugar is, but like, mm. you didn't have that again. So it was just like old school, wake me up, check my blood sugar. Sometimes they would come in and just check me in my sleep. Yep. Um, Oh yeah. It changed a little bit in that way. As far as like sports and school and all that went, like it didn't change much. I don't know if that was like my like stubborn self, just wanting to be like, just want to, you know, carry mm-hmm. on as I was or what, but yeah, I made it a point to not make it change much. Basically. Yeah. It's, so obviously you had to tell your coaches and stuff like that. And probably some of your coaches are like, what, what is this? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand it. They were like, what? And actually one of my coaches, cause when you're a gymnast, you know, you're in the gym, like at least 20 hours a week, yep. like, you're there all the time. And so your coaches are like, kind of like your family. Like, I feel like they helped raise me. Mm-hmm. And one of my coaches at the time was like, I knew something was wrong. Like he, I remember him telling my parents that something was wrong too. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're tracking it or whatever. And he was like, no, she's not right. Like I can tell. And like, when I came back, he was like, hallelujah. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I- something was wrong so um yeah that I would say that was like the biggest thing and then school a little bit because you know I there's like all the health you know and safety precautions there so I had to 
I was like, really? I was best friends with all the school nurses and that was kind of fun too. I may have abused that system a little bit as a kid. Oh, of course, of course. I would, <laughs> I would not expect it from anybody. Like if you had a chance to abuse the school system, I, I would have done that too. I actually did do that. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, were you like during like school hours, you were like, oh, I have to leave class because I have to get a snack or all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And like, I am just, as a person, I am chronically late. Like we own our own <laughs> office now. And like, it takes every ounce in my being to be at the office on time. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> that is not even enough. Like I am just chronic. I like grew up that way. I feel like it runs in my family, like chronically late. So like my first hour class, I would always show up to like literally every day I would show up like 10 minutes late and I would use my little diabetic card and be like, sorry, I just came from the nurse. Like, you know, it, it, like it became a routine where he was just like, okay, like they expected it. Jeez. <laughs> and so, like, shout out to nurse Jean. Cause she truly had my back. Like I would, I would tell her, you know, or like I would stop by the nurse or whatever. She'd be like, you're just trying to get out of class right now. I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure yeah. That's awesome. That is so funny. So um, that's probably I would have abused it though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of, of course. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would do that. That was the only way I would probably do it too. So, um, so while, while you were being pretty active in like gymnastics and I think you, um, gym, pretty much in gymnastics, like you're there all day. Um, yeah. how did you handle your, how, how did your coach and you and your parents like handle your diabetes throughout practice? Yeah, I, and it was like a roller coaster for sure. Cause like mm -hmm. the first endocrine that I was with was like super, super old school. And he was like, you take your insulin. You're not diabetic. It was, was literally his quote to me as a kid. So I was like, awesome, you know, just eat whatever. And so it was really like a roller coaster. Um, but about, about a year in I switched providers and the next doc that I had like changed my life. She was amazing. Like taught me the ins and outs, taught me how alcohol affected diabetes, you know, like everything you could educate a patient on she did and so that helped me then I became like a psychopath and I was like checking myself every hour like, <laughs> I was like you know I was like I'm on this I got this I'm gonna have a good a1c like all the things that like super type a in life so that was part mm -hmm. of it um and so I would say like with any anytime I like I was in a sport I would check before and after like I played soccer also so before and after the game or at halftime as far as gymnastics goes like we would switch events throughout the day we'd have like two or three events at one practice mm. and every time we switched events I would check myself and typically it was good it wasn't until um, I went to college and and played rugby that I noticed more of the effects of adrenaline in the system like I noticed it a little bit as a kid but as an adult I feel like it's more impressionable I would say mm -hmm. um, and so then um, I played rugby later at chiropractic school and I learned how like adrenaline, I would be playing rugby, having not eaten anything all day. And I wake up, my blood sugar is like 120. And then at halftime, it's like 650. <laughs> like what the heck? You know, like yep. I'm not exercising to go down, but, um, yeah, when you play like a super high adrenaline sport, you know, that adrenaline is just your body's form of glucose. So it was like surging in my system so mm. learned how to manage that a little bit at the time and then that circled back when i started crossfit also yeah so when, when i when i work out and stuff like that actually you know what the weird thing is when i do podcasts sometimes and like sometimes my blood sugar like spikes up like through the roof because like i get like really nervous in the beginning so i'm like okay yeah. like don't mess up the name okay like yeah 
figure out what this is and like all this stuff. And I'm like, is this person going to be on time? You know, like, don't sound, don't sound like an idiot. So it's just like, it would go up to like the three hundreds at a couple, like a couple of times. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really doing anything. And then, and then with me with like working out, like I got to the point where I was doing like CrossFit workouts and it was just like, it would just go, go off. And I'm like, cause I have a CGM and I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, forget it. Like I know once I'm done, I'll just take some insulin and my hormones are like all over the place and my fight or flight yeah. mode. So I'm like, all right, I'll do, it'll, it'll calm down. Like I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. So, totally. um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy to see like the littlest things you do. Like you wake up in the morning, like for me lately, like when I wake up in the morning, my blood sugar just goes up. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Cortisol awakening response. You're like, Oh, there's my daily source of just surged sugar. Yep. Sure. Yep. So know, when, it's all things like that, that like, you know, people with healthy functioning pancreases, like don't have to think about, you know, but like mm -hmm. there's another girl who's a diabetic in Colorado and I see her post all the time and, um, her and I like chat back and forth, but she had an incident like being out in the sun all day. And I'm like, well, yeah, like we have to think about, like we have to account for how the sun even affects our body. You know, it's like anything can change it. And we just have to be like living pancreas all the time. Yeah. Do you ever get yeah. burnt out at all? Um, for sure. I would yeah. say like, you know, they're like, everyone has their moments and they're, I would say like, I had like a really, really low blood sugar in high school when I was playing soccer and it was like, bad it was like middle of the game and I got I was like went unconscious so like that like I was just embarrassed and so that like kind of burnt me out and I had to like answer all the questions and I was trying to hide you know from those questions <laughs> my whole life so like those kind of moments kind of burned me out and then um when I was at regionals this year I felt like I, I went through I, I counted it at the time but it was like over 150 test strips in three days like jeez it was crazy. And I should have been wearing a CGM at the time, but I had one that I didn't fully trust. And so I didn't want that like stress throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I was, it was just, it was crazy. And it wasn't go, it was like never between 80 and 120, which it always is. Of course, when I needed it the most, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and so that, that weekend really burnt me out. And I was like, fuck it all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you don't mind me asking what, what CGM was that, that you didn't want to put on you? Uh, I also, I have no like, you know, attachments here though there. It works for some people, but it was the freestyle Libre. Oh, oh I, um, I, I'll have, I have some stories on that one. Bad. Yeah. Very bad. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Feel yeah. validated. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, it would say I was like 300 and going up and I was like 81. Or, you know, like it, it just was really off all the time. And actually mm -hmm. in high school, I had, um, I was on like the original CGM on like Medtronic and same thing. It told me I was, I was driving. It told me I was going super high and I actually was 42. And so I was like, like when it was telling me I was going high, I didn't feel high. So I was like, I'm just going to pull over and check myself manually really quick. And I'm like, so glad that I did. I'm like, how I, I was driving, like how mm -hmm. did I take an insulin? I could have killed myself, killed somebody else on the road. I remember that day I like took the, the meter off and I like chucked it in the car. I was like so pissed. Um, and so I actually got off the pump and the CGM that day against like all of my provider's wishes. And um, my A1C was still really good. You know, like no, one of my endocrines was like, you need to be on it. And I was like, take my A1C and then check it. And he's like, well, 
six eight is probably the best a1c in this entire office so whatever you're doing keep doing it i was like yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i so there yeah so i tried the liberty lifestyle they gave it to me for free and i was like okay let's try it out and it was like 100 point difference and stuff like that and i'm like this is ridiculous and like i would put like i have to put kt tape on it because i sweat so bad because when i work out and then one time I was like leaning to like itch my ankle or something like that. And then hit, hit the arm, like the, the armrest of my arm to office chair. And I'm like, just went right off. And I was like, yeah. yeah, this is, this is awful. So I just, I have a deck, I have a, a Dexcom on right now. Oh, I, yeah. That's, I, that's what... Yeah. So, so to all the listeners out there that don't know what a CG, uh, a continuous glucometer meter is, um, what they do is they have like three different styles, the Medtronic, the Liberté, and the uh, Dexacom. They actually inject a copper wire into your body to check your blood sugar. And so that's that's the thing that we're talking about right now. So like we both probably have one on right now. That's yep. how that looks. Yeah. So um, there's there's a I only I do only do really doing it. Yep. Oh, that's good. I don't want I don't really want to show you mine. Mine's probably like really bad right now. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so oh geez, okay, yeah, that's not good. I'm not gonna show you. Um, so anyway, so yeah, yeah. So um, I only typically put it in like a couple different places. Like I mainly like close, like my, my oblique muscle as well as like the the um, top part of my glute my glute muscle because yeah. like in the beginning, like I didn't want really anybody to see the Dexcom and like say anything. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'll just put it there. And then like, I'm at the point where I was like, just screw it. Just put it on, whatever. Like, who cares anymore? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Get tons of stares and stuff. They're like, what's that? I'm like, you could just ask me and I could tell you. Totally. I yeah. know. I went through that phase too. Like, like I remember when I had the pump, I hated it because it was bulky. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would like tuck it in. If I had leggings, I like, you know, put it under like a baggy shirt or something. Like I didn't want people to see it. Mm-hmm. And then now as an adult, I'll be at the gym and I'm just like, out i've got my butt out i'm like <laughs> like I, don't, I could care less anymore but yeah yeah i went through the same phase yep i hear you um so you did say you started crossfit so um well you are a crossfit athlete too so when when did you start doing crossfit and like what made you do it yeah um so i played soccer in college and then i was i finished my first year there and then in the summer of that i I had a really, I kept getting concussions and then with the concussions, I was like way more susceptible to having seizures. And so I had like two or three seizures over the summertime. And I was like, I gotta go home. Like I gotta, I have to get back on track. You know, it was just like a fast paced lifestyle. And I was like, mm-hmm. I need to step back and for my health and see what's going on. But yeah, I still missed like the surge of playing soccer and that adrenaline rush. And so I was just working out randomly at a gym nearby, like a standard, like Lobo gym. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends there was a chiropractor and he was like, Hey, come, you know, I'm opening a gym, come hang out with me and, um, and throw down a couple of days a week. And so I did. And I like, I was like, this is it. This is like the adult version of like every adrenaline based sport. Like yep. this is perfect. So, um, I started then that following year I went to regionals on team. I was just like, purely based on strength like I don't even think that my skill level was where it should have been to be there but mm-hmm. it was just really strong so I could fake it so I made it um and then the following year I started a two-year journey of just Olympic weightlifting 
where I did really well in that in universities. I think I took like sixth, I want to say, and then oh, shoot. in the okay. world. Yes. Yeah. And then in the, just like standard American world or standard American, I forget what it was called, like division, but I was like 17th in the U S. So I was like, I love this sport. I don't have to do cardio. Like I could lift <laughs> all day. It was like the best. And then I went to chiropractic school and I probably took like two years off from CrossFit then. Um, and then I, whenever I, I finished, I came back to it, but just like recreationally, not as like a sport, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to stay fit. Yeah. So, um, when yeah. you did regionals, like when, when did you like realize, like, when did they say like, Hey, you know, would you like to be part of our team? Like how did, how did that come about? Yeah. That is like one of my favorite stories to tell actually that, um, of the, my friend who I had gotten, he was a, like on a baseball team at St. Ambrose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you got to try CrossFit. Like you look like the body type of Rich Froning. Like you just, I know you'll be addicted. Come try it out. And so he did. And then when he went back to Iowa, he started CrossFit at a gym nearby there. And then he messaged me to come compete with him one weekend. And he was like, um, our, our, one of the girls is injured. Like they need a, a replacement girl for the team. Can you do it this year? And I didn't even know, like literally didn't know what that meant. But I was like, yep, I can do it. <laughs> like, literally had no idea what I was getting into just wanted to do it against my family's will like both of my parents were livid they were like no you're just getting your life back on track you know like they literally they took my car away they took away like any any aid that they could and I was like <laughs> I'm still going yeah <laughs> I remember I made like I lived off of like $50 for like three weeks until I got like paid for the job that I was doing to be a trainer. So mm-hmm. I was roughing it, but I loved it. It was like the best time of my life. And then I trained with them all season and then the snatch workout came out. So it was like um, uh, a one rep hang snatch at the time. And I was just like, I literally had never tested that. So I was just like, fuck around and find out. And I hit a 185 hang snatch and they were like, holy cow. Regionals with us. <laughs> so it was crazy. Like at the time, like now that's not a big deal, but at the time, like, I feel like no one was really snatching that. So I was mm-hmm. like, we're ready. <laughs> I I can imagine like people around you actually seeing you do that. And they're like, literally, <laughs> that's not literally. fair. Like what? <laughs> it was crazy. That's unreal. And so when you, when you reach regionals, like what was your, like what was going through your mind when you're like seeing like all these other athletes that are like really strong. And I'm not saying you're not, but like, I'm just saying like, oh. just like all these like really, really fit people. Like what was going through your head throughout the whole process? Yeah. Like at the time, Stacy Tovar was like all the rage. She was like, you know, type of thing. And we're like warming up together in the athlete area. I'm like, I literally just started CrossFit a year ago. <laughs> like this is absurd. Yeah. Um, and so what was going through my mind was like, I really felt like imposter syndrome. Like I was like, I should not be here. Like This is insane. <laughs> but I kind of had to fuel me and was like, whatever, like, I'm just gonna full send on every workout, empty the tank, and then I'll have like, no regrets. You know, if I look back at this, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, I chickened out or whatever. And like, believe me, it was not pretty. There were times where like, uh, there were certain skills that like, I remember one of them, even back then, was a muscle up. And, like, I did it like an EMOM. My team hustled through it so that they could give me, like, 10 minutes. And I could do one on the minute for 10 minutes. Like, it Jeez. was a way different ballgame back then. Yeah. Um, and so there were times like that. But I really, like, I feel like I outperformed myself and my skill, like, ability back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
it turned out all right. <laughs> we missed, like, there was one workout that we we tanked, and so we lost our spot at the games, but um, we the other teams deserve to go totally, so. Yeah, I think um, I think I was looking at the your scores. So one year you were six, and then one oh. year you were eighth. Yes, this most recent year we were eighth. What's funny is we were, like, third all weekend. Like, we were doing way better than, like, we expected, anyone expected. And the last day, like, I, I think I was on like two hours of sleep. Um, my blood sugar had been like above two. It was between like 250 and 300 mm. for like the last 24 hours, like just relentless, like would not come down. It was, it just felt like I felt toxic. Like I felt like my blood was literally turning into acid. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I guess I could imagine okay. that. Yeah. And like the first workout that day, we we knew we were going to do really well on because we'd practiced it so many times. And we we're like, this is the one we want. Like, we want to win this one. And so we did. And we like emptied the tank on that workout. And I messed up. Like, I didn't realize it was a 20 minute turnaround before we'd have to be back out on the floor. Before that, oh, we had like three, three, four hours. So I could totally like try my best to stabilize and get ready back out there. It was like a 20 minute turnaround. And I was like 400. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like I was, I remember I went, like ran to go to the bathroom and I was just shaking. Like my whole body was just like shaking. And I was like, oh, like I am not okay. I don't know how I'm going to go out there. Yeah. Um, and I got like nearly every rep and then I, my body literally shut down on the last rep of bar muscle up. So we went from third to eighth in that one workout that tells you anything. <laughs> so, oh, that sucks. Yeah. Do you, so, um, obviously you, you said you have your own practice and everything like that. So, yeah. um, but before that, actually, I forgot to ask you. So since you were a part of the team, like obviously communication is like really, really huge to, to you yeah. know, to work out. So what are some other things that other than communications are, are, you know, makes a team like really gel together? Yeah, I, I think that was like the life hack this year. And like, Whenever we moved here, both my wife and I were like, we're retired. Like we are never competing in the sport of CrossFit again, ever. <laughs> and then um, the guys who own the gym that we go to, they, one of them was from Iowa too. And we just became like best friends when we moved here. And they were like, hell, let's just give it a year. And we were like, okay, so, so um, and they like easy sell somehow. Um, but they were like, the best guys to work out with and I would say that was like the vast difference between the time I went to regionals before and this team was like this team felt it was just easy it fit in with our lifestyle like all of us had a job mm -hmm. it wasn't like our full time was to do CrossFit like no way um and with having diabetes like there would be team sessions where we were there for like eight hours you know we were just doing workouts and lifts and back to back to back and like there would be times where I'd be like guys, I literally cannot right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I need 32 minutes before my Time blood sugar comes back to normal. Yeah. Um, and then go, and they were like, yep, no problem. You know, like they literally never ask questions and even some workouts, they'd be like, you don't look right, doc. Like what's going on? And then I'd go check myself. Like they, they were just as educated as any of us and like super helpful in that. That's so awesome. It was good. I feel yeah. like I didn't really teach them, but like they just saw secondhand kind of like how I was managing it the whole time and like just learned to pick up on cues and was just super helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, were those, were they like asking you like, why do you have diabetes? You're like really fit. Was that, was, <laughs> yeah. that, was that some of the answers they asked questions they were asked, giving you? It happens like literally every day in the gym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, 
I don't understand how you can have diabetes and you know you're like you do so well at CrossFit like I just don't get it and I'm like some of that like sometimes I choose to engage because it'll be like a good friend or something and yep sometimes I'm just like I don't know I'm a miracle like <laughs> you know I let them just think whatever they want to think yeah. I mean, I mean, like when people ask me that all the time, I'm like, well, my, I just tell them like my, you know, my pancreas retired on me. So that's why I'm a type one diabetic. Like I, you know, <laughs> you know, to, just to make it easier. So they actually going to understand of like, you know, okay, what is a type one diabetic compared to type two? And like, and it's good to, for me, I think it's good to educate people to like understand between the differences. I mean, I listen, I joke around with all of them too. So, you know, it's all for the totally. best of them. But um, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy, like how people like don't really understand the differences, and they kind of oh, yeah. they kind of should. Totally, totally, and that's the thing, right? Is like I forget, like I'm sure the stats have changed, but like whenever I first got it, it was like 99.4 percent of diabetics are type two, you know. So it's like that's all they see. Anyone sees is like the greater majority, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think it's still like, it's, it's much more rare than type two is. Um, but yeah, I like to educate too. And I'll be like, you know, that's not really how it works or <laughs> like a segue into how different they are. Yeah. It's like, it's like, Oh, my great grand Mima got di was a diabetic. And I'm like, she was probably type two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She got it. She got crackers next to her bed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, she probably has type two, but whatever you, you, you think you, you, you do you, you do you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, 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 um, totally. you, you were saying that like your whole team had like a nine to five, you know, job and you guys some days will work like eight hour shifts. So like, obviously like you owning your own practice and, you know, doing CrossFit and trying to make it to the games, that's a tough schedule. So like, how did you manage that schedule? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so what's nice about owning your own practice is that you can dictate the hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and already, so we were off on Tuesdays. So I worked, I worked four hour week. We worked four hour weeks. Um, and we would have a shift in the morning and then a shift in the afternoon. But between there, we would have like a noon to two 30 or a noon to three o'clock lunch, mm -hmm. depending on the day. Um, and so we would just literally like the gym is less than a mile from our office. So we would run to the gym hit our workout and come home. I mean, it was really like a 90 minute, two hour session max. And that was it. And then on Saturdays or the days that we were off, we tried to pull like two sessions and do, and like make up for the work that we missed on those other days then. So, um, it actually, like, I feel like compared, I watched my parents who work like 60 hour work weeks, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I watched them and I'm like, you know, it's very different time-wise as far as I was concerned. So it was doable. Um, and then the guys worked at the gym, so they would almost like develop their coaching schedule around when we would work out together. Okay. All right, cool. So, um, one of my questions is, so like, um, you're, so since you're like, you became a chiropractor, like what even made you decide to become a chiropractor? Yeah. Um, so that time period where I went home from, uh, when I was playing soccer at school, mm -hmm. I, I was like, fuck what am I going to do with my life? You know, like yeah. I had already changed my major like three times by that point. And I was like, I really, I don't know what I want to do. I want to do something with the body. I don't know if it's like, I want to be a personal trainer or what, you know, I was like kind of dabbling and I'm such like a kinesthetic person that I was like, I want to go to 
these different avenues. I want to go to their work, like shadow them basically and see what a day in the life is. Mm-hmm. And so I did. So I was going, I was hanging out with some of my personal trainer friends. I shadowed a PT. Um, I shadowed a nurse practitioner. I really liked that. Um, and then my friend who opened the CrossFit gym was a chiropractor. And so I was shadowing him and I liked that the most. Like I, I was where I spent most of my time and I was just volunteering. So I wasn't even working. Um, but one of the days I missed volunteering because I like, I always had asthma and bronchitis, like growing up, it was like an annual thing for me. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what like the gut microbiome was when I was a kid. Um, and I, and so at the time I had gone through like three or four rounds of antibiotics and like, as a diabetic, that's really tough. Oh, like, tough. And, and, yeah. but as a diabetic and a female, like yeast infections start to thrive, like everything it throws your body into like SOS mode. And so I was like, I, I could barely breathe. I, mine was like purely asthma. And like, I was waking up in the middle of the night and I was like, not able to breathe and all these things. So one of the nights I went into the ER for it. And I missed my shift. And the guy was like, why did you come in? Or, you know, whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry. And I told him all the things. And he's like, well, I'm not saying we can like cure you or anything, but I really think that chiropractic can help. And I was desperate. And I was like, okay, that's a bunch of crap, but sure. <laughs> I'll try anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe it's typical like Southside Chicago. And I was like, okay. Um, and he adjusted. He took a bunch of x-rays. He like looked at everything and he was like, boom here it is and he's like let's get you adjusted and he adjusted me and like I remember being on the table like I felt a shift in my body and I I sat up and I was like and I swear it was like the first time I had ever taken like an expansive breath like I before then I was like just like a really like labored breathing type person Mm -hmm. and in that moment I was like and at the time I was on like four different drugs for this to try and help my breathing and I was like, this is the only thing that's ever helped. Like, this is crazy to me, you know? And I was like, I was like a huge nerd. So I was like, I'm looking this up. You're creeping me out, you know? And I like looked at my story and there were like thousands of stories like that. And I was like, this is like a hidden gem. Like, this is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And I got off all of my medications, like everything but insulin basically. And I was like, this is what, even, even if I, like, I know this is a lot of student loans, but if I help like one person, then this is worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's the best job in the freaking world. It's so great. That's awesome. So I, I've never, I've never been a chiropractor. I've never been to like been, you know, been to a chiropractor ever. I've always wanted to try it, but it's just like, I hear those horror. I'm not like, I hear those horror stories of like, oh yeah, he like oh. this person like sold oh. me this and this and this. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to really go that route. No, thanks. For sure. For sure. That, and that's the thing is like, I want to say this in like the nicest, most politically correct way that I can, but it's like, there are, I would say over and overwhelmingly like 60% of the profession that I would never let touch my spine mm-hmm. ever. Like there are a grand majority of people that I went to school with that I would not let touch my spine. So it's really like, it's one of those areas where I'm like, you got to go by referral. You have to go by like, ask your people, you know, like I always people like at the gym are like, who's the doc everyone goes to? And then they say me, you know, and it's like, yeah. that's how you want to find a good chiropractor. Um, I, I insist on taking x-rays. Cause I really say like to see is to know and anything else is guessing. So I never guess when it comes to the human body like ever. It's all about testing assessment. Exactly. Like it's specific or it is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is proven true in the results. Truly. I mean, we've had people 
just by like the technique that we do, which is called Blair, it's upper cervical work. Um, we take a picture of their upper neck. And I mean, there's people who have reversed Parkinson's disease or like misdiagnosed Parkinson's, like it's just helped so many things. And it's really, really can be therapeutic when done the right way. Yeah. What do you think about those chiropractors that are on YouTube, like adjusting those people with like the huge like backs or like, there's another dude that's like, I forget, I don't forget his name, but he's like got a big beard and he's done like all the adjustments for all these like celebrities and stuff like that. And they post it on Facebook. Like, what do you, what do you think about like those type of, uh, so those cringe. People? Like, if I could be like one emoji right now, it'd be like the face palm emoji. But I mean, I feel like some of my colleagues are just like, really passionate about spreading the word of chiropractic. Um, but I am like avidly against videoing adjustments and blah, blah, blah. And like, there, it's just like, it's tacky to me, you know, mm -hmm. like even my patients who like have like the coolest testimonials, I'm like, do you mind if I share with another patient that's going through your sit? You know, like, I'm yeah. like, I don't even want to like disrupt their privacy within themselves that mm -hmm. I don't know. It's so cringeworthy. I don't recommend it. Don't go to those doctors. <laughs> Please. All right. Well, we'll do. I will not do that. So, um, okay. <laughs> so what made you decide to open your own practice? Um, I had an incredible mentor my last, so at, like in most schools, the last trimester or semester that you're there, mm -hmm. you can be an intern at an external clinic. So you can okay. go to certain credited clinics and you can work for that. Basically you work for free, but they're like teaching you all the things mm -hmm. and it's part of your education. So, um, I went to the doc that I had gone to like, like basically in my area and she had the same technique upper cervical. It's actually the only style of adjusting that I've noticed has changed my sensitivity to insulin or helped my sensitivity to it. Um, the reason I know that is because at school, I went without it for a couple months and I was like, as soon as I got adjusted that way, it happened again. And I was like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> like, it's not just neck and back pain. Like it is your whole system truly. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I mentored her and she, she set me up for complete success and my ability to open my own place. So how, how nervous were you when you first opened, opened the doors? I... I was, but I was like not letting on to it because my wife was even more nervous. Like I'm, I'm like such a dreamer and I'm like, I'll try anything. <laughs> I'll try anything. Once, you know, I'll try if I fail. So what? Um, and my wife is, was very much so not at the time. And she's like, like, we don't know anyone over, you know, like she's going through all of the normal things you would go through. And I was like, we're good. We're good. You know? And like, <laughs> it was crazy. Like no one would give us a loan, you know, too young, too new, like all the things. So we were like making pennies spread as far as they could. And I remember like before we opened that week was it like opening was kind of delayed. And I was like, I looked at our bank accounts and I was like, we need to open yesterday. <laughs> like we need yeah. to make this week. You know, I was like, we have like dollars in the bank and we got to turn this around. And literally like that first week we profited. It was like, as soon as people saw what was going on there and the results people were getting and um, really just letting chiropractic work the way that it does, the way that it should, word spread like wildfire. Yeah. It was awesome. It was That's really awesome. Cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. So um, yeah. what are some of the things that like, what are the, some of the pain points that you had like when you first started opening up your own practice? 
wait, sorry, you broke up a little bit. Uh, so, you, 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 so, so what are some of the pain points that you've had, like the struggles of like opening up your own practice? Oh, um, I would say like patient communication is mm -hmm. number one. Like anything you do that is service-based, you have to be able to communicate it. Um, and also asking for money, like being <laughs> paid for a service. Yeah. You know, cause I'm like, when we went on our honeymoon, I looked up the laws in the Dominican and I was like, there's no laws against chiropractic here. So I'm just going to adjust people. And I literally like was adjusting people on the beach. <laughs> I'm like, if it weren't like, you know, my means to live, I wouldn't charge anyone a dollar, but you know, that's not the world that we live in. So, um, that was really tough. And there would be days where like Maggie and I would make fun of each other. We'd be going over like our care plans or the price or anything. And we'd be like, all right, that's going to be $45. Like <laughs> scared, you know, like scared that people couldn't pay it. But mm -hmm. um, it was just like our own world and our own relationship with money at the time. And mm -hmm. so like learning that time is our most valuable asset and like all of those things and being able to um, appreciate and value ourselves. That was definitely a growth mindset the first few years, I would say the first year or two. Um, and then recently it's not been the case. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you in or you out? I got to go. <laughs> 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 I got so, work to do. <laughs> so, uh, so you were talking about vacation. So what are some of the things you like doing on vacation or some of your, on your free time? Yeah. Um, I've been like an avid reader lately and I, that's weird. Cause I was not growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also love like anything outdoors. Like we love to ski hike. Um, when we go on vacation, we mostly like to eat. <laughs> like We're huge foodies. So we'll just yep. go on like the floor of the city. Um, but other than that, yeah, I would say like most outdoor activities, the the water, I love the lake, like anything like that is our go-to. Okay. All right, cool. Um, I, I should show you my backyard. I, I need to see. We well, so I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I live on a lake in the in in uh in Georgia. What? So, that yeah. That's yeah. goals. Um due to my wife, thank you very much. But like, yeah, it's it's mainly because of her, but you know. You know, yeah. and, and then we lived, uh, her and I, she got a house up in New Hampshire when we started dating and I moved in and we were on a lake in New Hampshire too. So like we, I love the water, like, especially like lake water where it's like super calm and like relaxed and, you know, yes. you don't have to worry about anything. So yeah, I'm a big fan of that. It's the lake life. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, my kids love it too. They just go bananas. They get their like little floaties on and just like go in the water and just like don't want to get out. It's awesome. Yes, that was, those were my fondest memories growing up was summers on the lake. Like I tell Maggie that all the time. I'm like, if we weren't living in the mountains, I'd be living on a lake for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, and then um, I did see a YouTube. You are on YouTube. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <Great. laughs> um, so it was a nutritional seminar that you had at the, Cro at the CrossFit gym that you had. Oh, yes, yes. So, cause like, obviously I was like doing my research and like, I typically, when I do my research, I go for walks and then like, I'll just like, look up, like I'll literally do like a Google, a Google, like, you know, go down the whole list. And it was, the main thing was less like chiropractor, 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 chiropractor. And all of a sudden this video came up and I'm like, oh, okay. Well she does. She talks about nutrition too. Yeah. And so is that, is that kind yeah. of like an avenue you like getting involved with as well? Yeah. Um, Definitely. My wife went through nutritionally. Um, and I would say like gut health wise, she went, her whole family struggled with stuff like this, but she mm -hmm. definitely went through a period where like 
I was like almost bringing her to the hospital. I'm like, this is not right. Like you are sick. She was like going to the bathroom all day for days on end sometimes. And so I was like, I had people in my corner. Like I, we got to figure this out. And so we got into, we learned a lot about like testing and food testing and like healing remedies that were nutritional and stuff like that. And so I like learned more about it than I probably ever wanted to. But then Mm -hmm. once I knew, I was like, okay, we can help other people. So let's do that. So awesome. um, Now, now we do like a lot of, it's called the Dutch test. Um, It's basically, so Dutch stands for dried urine testing comprehensive hormones. Um, And so it's basically like you can test, it's it's like a complete bill of health, I would say. Um, And you can find most things like deficiencies or um, too much of something based off that testing and then develop like lifestyle changes, nutrition changes, stuff like that based off of that into how to aid that person in their hormone health. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, I, I didn't really see, to be honest with you, I didn't really see too much of the video because I was like yeah. in a rush, but I'm like, yeah, I'm, in a, I'm like, okay, she, she, this, 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 yeah, this lady knows her stuff. So <laughs> yes, totally. So what is, so I felt like too being a uh, type one, I was like, you know, developing like a different relationship with food mm-hmm. always. Like, you know, at, when I first learned about it, like they were like, eat, you know, 300 carbs a day, a hundred carbs at every meal. Like it was just this like standard, like cookie cutter approach. And then the more I like, you know, trial and error myself, I was like, I felt the worst when I was eating high carb. Like I was like, but I don't think that's really the route. And a lot of diabetics find that too, you know? And so, um, yeah, I developed like a a pretty quick relationship with food and like how it can affect each person very differently. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is, what is your typical diet for, for you to be like, even like, to feel like, you know, your, your optimum self, like your best self. Yeah. So I would say it's, um, very animal based. So it's like meat, fruit, and like raw dairies, like raw milks, raw cheddars. Um, that would be like the majority of it. And then I also, um, intermittent fast. So like every day I, I intermittent fast 16, eight. And I'll say this, like, cause I know some women will watch this and they're like, she fasts, I want to fast, but like, it's not healthy for all women to fast, but being a diabetic and my lifestyle that I live, it actually really helped me to control my blood sugars with. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I fast. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of interested in my gut health. Cause I, I mean, I try to eat really well, but it's just like, I'll, I'll eat this here and there, you know? So <laughs> I have my cheat days too. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably that on my Instagram. Yeah, it, like, people probably think that all I do is have cheat days because I'll just only post that and not mm-hmm. boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, so with, with me, so like, I like to like cook like eggs and toast or something like that with peanut butter on it, like, like for yeah. breakfast. And, yeah. and I have to do it at like 7am because I'll have to leave at like around eight o'clock to get to work. But like, I don't want to wake my wife up. So like, I, I will skip making that and go to like the local gas station and get one of those Lenny and Larry cookies for breakfast. And it's just like, God, I, I know it's, I know it's so bad, but I'm like, I I'm starving and I'm like, I need to eat something like this is, and I don't want to wake my wife up. Cause like, I can't breakfast do it. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like chocolate with like, it's just like, and I feel like absolute dog shit after I eat it too. It's just like, Oh, but I still eat it. It's just like, God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And it's We've not all... part. Of, yeah. It's, and it's not part of the CrossFit diet either. So it's just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, whatever you're going to do. 
I did paleo for a while too. And like, I felt great on that. I don't have a problem with seeds and stuff like that. And I definitely was not eating as many vegetables as they wanted you to on that. So I felt, I felt pretty good, but, um, I know there's like mixed reviews on vegetables now. Yeah. They, they love to poo poo that stuff, but whatever. I like vegetables, so I'll eat them. <laughs> Works for some. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're getting close to the end. So I have some rapid fire questions, but they're not really rapid fire. So you can take as long as you want for them. So, um, we're getting close to the end of the year, but I I typically, the first question is like, what are your goals for the end of the year? But like now, since it's towards the end, like what are your goals for next year? For next year? Yeah. I want to teach actually as, as if my schedule were not busy enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I usually coach at the gym. Um, which I love. Don't I would I will probably do that till the day I die. But mm-hmm. um, I want to teach at university because I feel like like I had a few younger professors that in my education that like changed the trajectory of my my professional self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's striking like urge a, a call to pass that pay it forward. So I really want to do that next year. Okay. Um- what about like personal stuff? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, so recently got diagnosed with Graves disease, which is like diabetes, but instead of the pancreas, your body's attacking the thyroid gland. Mm-hmm. And so my personal goal is to have that like reversed by January 1st. I want it gone and I'm going to do it without medication and without drugs. And I'm going to do it like the hardcore way. Okay. All right. All right. Well, best of luck for that. So <laughs> it's uh, definitely interrupted. Like I wanted to go another season with our team. Um, and I'm actually glad that we didn't make the games in retrospect because my body was like on the steady decline and that happened right around that time. So it has put a dent in my CrossFit plans for a while, but hopefully um, it will help my wife and I open up new opportunities to start a family sooner than we thought mm-hmm. we would. So um, yeah, it'll be a good thing in the end. Awesome. Awesome. So um this one, uh, and so actually the other question is, uh, what is in your gym bag? <laughs> um, a terrible smell, first of all. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Um, I am like a barefoot nerd, which sounds crazy, but like if you watch me at regionals at all, like even during the snatch ladder, I wore dirt, like Vivo barefoot shoes. Like I am like hardcore to the ground, like love everything about barefoot health so i have two different pairs and they're the same shoe but i have one pair that's for metcons and one pair that's for lifting that feel like they're newer so they're like a little more sturdy mm-hmm. <laughs> they're literally the same shoe but um i have those two pairs in them i always i have pre-wrap because the soccer girl in me cannot give that up yep um, and then i have like five different pairs of grips i've got rope climb pants for if there's a rope climb workout. Um, and then I've always got tape and I'm always ready to lift at any point. I don't okay. have a belt or like anything. I don't have wrist wraps, like old school shoes, tape. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't use wrist wraps. Like I used to like, Oh God, when I first started CrossFit, it was just like knee sleeves, like wrist wraps, like, you know, every, like the whole gambit. Like if you don't look the part, you're not going to like, you're not going to make it. So, but then like, I realized I'm like, I think this does more damage than good. So totally. My wife and I always comment that like first year, it's like all gear and no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> <That's-> 
Um, so this one is going to be um, a little bit deep. So um, let's just say it's your last day on, our, on earth and you have all your friends around the bed. And um, how do you want people to know you as? Authentic. I want, and I hope that everyone in my life would vouch for this. Like, I am nothing if not authentic. Even when you don't want me to be, like, I, I will. I'm a straight shooter uh, to almost to a fault. I'm sure my wife would say. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, there's no doubt when it comes to what I'm saying to you. Like, you'll know that is truly how I feel in my core. Mm -hmm. okay. And I, I hope that that's just like I try to live that way. Like back up what I say with everything that I do in my life mm -hmm. um, to leave example. So I hope that's what they would say. <laughs> okay. I love that answer. Um, do you, since you're a reader now, so what is your favorite book? Oh man. Favorite ever is tough, but I would say um, I just finished the nightingale. And so I might be biased because that was the most recent one that I, I read. Um, it's about two sisters surviving the Nazi takeover of Paris and that, like, I feel like the Holocaust was just really brushed over in my education for some reason, but that um, kind of woke me up to it. And and not in like such a like gloomy way, but it kind mm -hmm. of just was more realistic. And it was, it, it was by Kristen Hanna. It's a phenomenal book. So I, I stand by, I think everybody should read that book. No okay. Matter who you are. <laughs> okay. So are you like an autobiography book or like fictional, like book reader? Like what, 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 what you kind of like, if you, if you had to like, just pick one section for the rest of your life, like what would it be? Uh, I definitely dabble, but I like like historical fiction. I really like that. I feel like we can learn from our mistakes of the past. Um, but oh, that's tough. I also love like self-help books. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's really tough. I'm like constantly trying to be a better version of myself. Um, so I would say like historical fiction or, um, like self-improvement type stuff. Okay. You, you might, I, I think this book is like right up your alley. So like, this is how I, I got started the podcast. It's a book called screw it. Just do it by Richard Branson. Oh. Okay. I've never read that. It's a short read, real short read. You, you definitely okay. have to, you definitely have to, um, I will talk, well, I'll, I'll remind you after, okay, but, um, <laughs> yeah so it's a gr great book but um I, I read that and i'm like okay i need to realize like just like don't wait and just like just yes. go for it so do it. yeah exactly yes. um so, I'll definitely i'm gonna read that next yeah um so last question so uh where can every anybody reach out to you if they have any like questions about going to chiropractor school uh oh, yeah like, you know, if they have any questions with like going to regionals or like, you know, any pretty much any questions they have for you, like where can they reach out to you? You know what? I get them all the time. So I'm glad you asked this. Um, I would say my Instagram is probably the best way. Um, I'm like pretty active on there. So I'll usually get back to you within that day. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, literally about anything. I have a couple of families that I feel like I'm their like diabetic counselor. <laughs> so like, I feel like I'm just cheering them on and like, I'm like you got, you know, like they know all, I'm not telling them anything they don't know, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I have a couple of families that reach out to me on that. And then about lifting as well and chiropractic. So all the things you can mess with me on that. Okay. Awesome. Well, well, well like, boy, yeah. So thank you for very much. I listen, I really do appreciate you, you coming on. This was awesome. I had a great time. For um, sure. Me 
And um, I would like love to have you back on, you know, maybe right next year or something like that, just to see how you're doing and, you know, what's what's going on, what's new. If you've done like another like, you know, nutritional, you know, seminar or something like that and posted it on YouTube, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Whenever whenever you send me a link, I'm going to hit it. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, thank you very much again. And we'll uh, we'll talk later.